Hello, we are in the Dovico podcast room, and this is another one of Dovico's employee spotlights. I am here with JD, uh, one of my colleagues and friends. How's it going, JD? Oh, pretty good. How are you? Not too bad. Thanks for having me on your show. Oh, no problem. So today we're going to explore a little bit about what JD has going on, look into his background, and uh, just get to know him a little bit better. So my first question to you is... uh, I know I know a few of these answers already, but I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> you know I'm the person felicitating today, so let's go start with the first one. Um, you know, where are you from? Uh, so I'm from Moncton, uh, born and raised. My parents are from up north in Edmonston. Uh, well, my dad's from a place called Rivialvelt, about uh, ten minutes from Edmonston. But uh, yeah, I was born and raised in Moncton. So as a kid, you know, you have any interests that you'd like to share that was, you know, kind of kept going as a child? Uh, I mean, I was a pretty quiet kid, but uh, music was always a big thing for me. Uh, even growing up, you know, like really uh, listening to music was always a passion of mine. Uh, going on road trips and just putting on some tunes and eventually just started uh, wanting to play drums out of nowhere and grabbing spoons and pencils and whatever else I could find that was like a drumstick um, and just started banging on stuff. How how old was that, you'd say, when you started? Oof. Probably as young as, you know, like five, six, seven-ish. I, I started taking piano lessons when I was like eight. I, I, re- I wanted to play drums, but... Um, my parents wanted me to learn piano first, so I learned that. And then after a couple of years of doing that, I really wasn't enjoying it. It wasn't, I wasn't getting anywhere really that I, I felt like. So, uh, one year when I was 10, I got a drum set. Um, and that's kind of where it all started. So I just started playing drums at 10 years old and, Never looked back, really. Still play today. Did someone influence you to play the drums? Was there someone kind of coaxing you along? Or was it something you figured it out on your own? Uh, my dad was a drummer when he was younger. So he played drums uh, in a high school band and kind of just stopped playing when he had to leave his home city and had to go work. He, uh, he gave his drum set to an orphanage. Uh, close by to where he lived before he went to work out west so he he kind of had that in him and i think he you know always pointed out the drums to me in songs and we always kind of talked about it so i i do think i got that from him for sure and there's more music in your family than just you and your father i understand your brother also yeah uh, yeah plays music yeah my brother plays guitar he's got a crazy guitar collection of just beautiful guitars prs's gibsons and fenders and all that so yeah it kind of runs through our family um even my mom loves music she's a huge huge music fan so yeah i kind of just got brought up with music being pretty uh pretty important in our lives we always bought you know like the new cassettes or cds of the bands that we liked growing up and um yeah that was a pretty big focus for our family i think However, you took it one step further. You kind of initiated, you know, every little boy's dream, which is you're in a band. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's kind of the next 
evolution of learning an instrument. You want to play with other people that also learned to play an instrument. So, yeah, I mean, early on, I started playing with people in my school and that uh, were playing guitar, bass or whatever, singing. And uh, yeah, I was in a few bands over the years throughout high school and all that playing in uh, some cover bands. So, yeah, that's just the, the natural progression, I guess, once you get confident enough with your ability that you can actually try it out and play with somebody else and see how that how that works. Um, it's a lot different when you get, <laughs> you know, three or four other people in a band and you all have to hold your own. So, yeah, that uh, that was the next step for me. And it kind of became, you know, like an addiction almost in a good way because it was uh, you do get almost a sort of. Uh, like an uplifting, not an uplifting feeling, but like almost like a high from playing with other people. There's like this vibe and you're all trying to get on the same level. So there's there's something there that you can't really explain that I think a lot of musicians just kind of, they, they know what it feels like. So that became my new thing was playing in bands and being in a band setting. Are there any projects that you've done with, these bands that you'd like to point out that you're proud of? <laughs> um, well, I was just showing you and Jesse earlier that we got invited to be. Um, my current band, Diablo Strange, got invited to be in a music video for a local band called Def Picasso. Um, Randy Goldrup, he directed our music video that we put out earlier this year and uh, asked us to be in his new music video, which has... Uh, several several artists from the Greater Moncton area. So uh, really cool collaboration piece, and we're really happy to jump on it with him. So I'm pretty proud of that. came out great. Um, the video came out yesterday. Um, so if you guys have a chance to go on YouTube, check it out. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it. I mean, we put out a record, I think it was, was it last year? Yeah, last year. Uh, just a eight song CD. It was nine songs, but one song was a cover song from a Canadian band, BTO. Uh, we covered the song Not Fragile, and we didn't want to get sued, so we didn't put it up on the record. But it's on YouTube, so yeah, yeah, we didn't want to mess with that. We uh, we looked into it, but it's pretty complicated, and you you need a lawyer and all that stuff. So you know, paying someone a hundred bucks an hour was not in our budget for. Our album, we spent maybe $1,500 to put out the whole thing. So, You don't have to tell me, but do you have anything in the horizon uh, that you're looking forward to with your band coming up? Um, I mean, we're pretty laid back as a band. We're not, you know, we're not trying to be the biggest band in the world, uh, take over the radio waves. Um, we, we all have lives. We all work. We have full-time jobs, families. So, uh, no, I mean, we don't really have a whole lot going. We're just writing new songs every time we jam, uh, try to work parts out that could become songs and just kind of go with the flow type thing. This last record took us five, over five years to put out, uh, just from us naturally playing songs and Marty bringing song ideas to us and then we jam them out and turn turn them into songs. So we're well, Just pretty... boys having fun, hoping, you know, you something might come out of it yeah i mean we we had some well some success in quotation marks uh where we were lucky enough to be featured on 
uh, the rock station here in Moncton, C103.1. Um, they even invited us to play an acoustic set on the air one morning with uh, their morning show, Crawdaddy and Tater. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that honestly for me was like, I, 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 that was one of my biggest dreams was to be on C103. So just that was a pretty big accomplishment. But uh, I, I don't know where where we want to go next. I feel like that's like the plateau of a musician in Moncton. But So music played such an important role in your life. If we get to look at your playlists, you know, what genres are we looking at here? You're looking at a, a guy that's got a weird taste in music. Um, well, not weird. I mean... I listen to anything really, uh, anything that that was written by the person performing the song. I'm not a big fan of these people that or these artists that have a team of 30 people writing songs that are you know built on this formula that they know can be you know made a where you can have a, a popular song based on you know what. Uh, scales you use what notes you use and all that stuff so um cookie cutter stuff yeah i'm not a big fan of that i like you know small bands that people probably never heard of and um people that are just spending their own money to make their dream come true and work their butts off to make it happen um i like supporting those artists and seeing um them progress over the years with you know their small loyal fan base and um i kind of have an appreciation for that so i i tend to spend my spotify plays on on those people um or i'll I'll buy their their album if i really like them too i know that kind of seems you know weird to say that nowadays you really have to like someone to actually buy their music but that's where we are unfortunately but um you know the the whole spotify thing can be a good thing if you use it properly but um yeah no i mean if you looked at my playlist you'd see anything from you know hip-hop like action bronson to uh, obscure like punk rock bands to uh you know really heavy stuff back to just basic outlaw country you know a guy in an acoustic guitar type thing so um pretty all over the map when it comes to music tastes that's cool so i'm gonna switch gears a little bit and uh basically obviously i know where you work now but i want to know a little (laughs) bit about you know how do you get here what were your previous work experience and you know technology why technology why why do you want to come work for a software company or did it kind of just happen um i mean kind of strange set of events kind of brought me here i guess some would call it fate or or whatever how you want to put it um i mean i graduated out of high school not knowing what i wanted to do um i I had an idea i wanted to do something in music i wanted to play drums but that doesn't pay a lot of money um it can but you have to you know work your butt off and all that stuff and but honestly just be lucky for for it to work out for you so I decided to just start working full time when I graduated. Um, so I wanted a job that paid a decent amount of money and had stable hours. So I started off in the call center world, working in a credit card uh, for an American credit card company. Um, so yeah, I learned a lot of stuff with you know those few jobs I had early on in the call center world. 
um, especially soft skill wise. Learned a lot of uh, really useful things on how to handle customers, how to talk to customers, um, you know, match their tone, uh, ask the right questions. So I started doing that and I kind of just kept doing it. Um, the goal was to save enough money to go to for school and maybe go to a recording school so I can start audio recording. Um, but then same concept than drumming, you know, you can make it big in all your recording, but you have to spend a lot of money. You need a lot of success, luck. So that dream kind of slowly started dissipating, but, um, I, I think it's still something I'd like to do in the, in my spare time. I don't think I, I'd enjoy doing it as a full-time job. So kind of glad that that worked out the way it did. But, um, so yeah, after a few years, I transitioned to a cell phone company, uh, working for Rogers in their tech support division. So doing a lot of troubleshooting with tech devices, uh, which I liked. I've always been a geeky kind of techie loving kind of guy. I love computers, cell phones, the internet. Um, so for me, that was a pretty easy job to get into and I really did enjoy it. Um, and then, you know, looking around one day, I kind of stumbled across this company, Delvico, looking for someone in the same kind of role that I had before. So I just gave it a shot and, uh, yeah, it worked out for me. And also worked out for you in another way, um, touching base on your girlfriend, uh, mm. Dominique, who also works here, which is, I think, another blessing, fate, or whatever you want to call it, that yeah. I don't think you've expected to happen when you when you came here. And, you know, I'm not saying this in a negative way of any sort, but <laughs> office romances can be a little... Uh, Taboo. Yeah. So, but yeah. you guys made it seem flawless, like it was a natural thing. So that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know... It, uh, it, it must've been meant to be, but it, uh, it wasn't expected for sure. I wasn't expecting to, you know, find, uh, Dominique here, but no, I, I think that just kind of worked out really well. Um, you know, she started working here, we got to know each other and, uh, you know, found out we have a lot of things in common, her parents, or she's from Edmonston where my parents are from. Mm -hmm. So we had that connection. Um, her dad has a sugar camp uh, in the same village that my dad grew up in, like literally two minutes away. Um, her aunt worked at my grandparents' diner back in the day when they had a diner up uh, off of the old highway. So, yeah, lots of connections there. So small world. Um, and then we just really got along well. So that... Uh, that was a couple of years or what, three, four years ago. And I guess another uh, pretty awesome milestone for you and her, I guess. And another another thing that happens since you've been working here at Dovco is you've recently bought your own home. Yeah. Yeah. Just, uh, what is it, like a month ago? Uh, yeah. Basically exactly a month ago. Uh, yeah. We bought our own house. We've been living together for a few years. So it kind of seemed like the next logical thing to do. Um, we got a dog. So... Obviously, you know, you don't want to ruin someone else's place when you get your own dog just scratching up the floors and being a little brat. So, uh, no, we bought our own house last month and uh, 
are it's a bit of a fixer upper so we're gonna try to get it uh back to its old glory and uh and uh make it a, a house full of love so let's talk about uh let's talk about django about django what kind of dog is he Django is a GSP, which is a German short-haired pointer. So he's uh, basically used uh, or bred as a hunting dog. So they are known as a bird dog. They love to chase after birds and squirrels, flies, whatever whatever the flies are that's quick and nimble. They love to just chase after it. So it's stronger than them, and he has it in his blood. Um, if we're playing fetch, he'll actually point like these dogs point, they'll, their back will go straight, straight as an arrow. Uh, so will their tail and they'll lift one paw and point at a bird. So that's, this is to help hunters find where the birds are hidden if they're in like a marsh or something. Um, so the dogs will actually smell them and tell them where the birds are hiding so that they can snuff them out, make the birds fly away and then shoot the birds or hunt the birds down but um yeah so he's a hunting breed uh has lots of energy he's uh just over a year old now so still has that kind of puppy in him that little spark of uh being a little brat but uh no he's very loving we 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 love that little guy he's, so, he's great so the home he bought is more in the country than it would be considered you know it's and how does yeah. How is the dog adapting to this new new area? He loves it. He has lots of place to run. We we bought a, a piece of property that's about six acres. Um, so we we actually the last place we were renting, we were renting a home outside of the city, <clears throat> and uh, that had you know a, a nice size property as well. But as he grew, you know, he would just take three steps and be on the other side of the property. So it wasn't wasn't big enough for him anymore. So that, that was one of the reasons why we started looking for a house is we knew he was going to outgrow our backyard and we need more exercise and to be able to run a little bit more. So yeah, we, we have a nice size field and, um, some wooded lot behind our, our place. And there's actually a trail that we discovered, uh, on our property that goes through the wooded lot and then there's a little brook going through it too, which is kind of cool. So, uh, yeah, he's got lots of place to run, lots of place to burn off his, uh, his energy. So that's, that's nice. I guess another characteristic of you is, uh, you guys like enjoying the outdoor, you go camping in the summer, you spend time outside. Is that something, uh, you see yourself doing, you know, continually? Yeah. Yeah. We, we love just being outside. Um, I mean, growing up, I was, <laughs> I was a boy scout, so Shout out Boy Scouts. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I always like camping, being outside, fire, you know, making your own fires, the, probably the, the most satisfying thing in the world. So, uh, yeah, even where we live, we have a wood stove because we love, we're like pyromaniacs. We love burning stuff. Um, so, yeah, we love going out camping, um, kind of roughing it, eating sandwiches and granola bars and whatever else you can fit in a cooler for a couple days. Um, yeah, I don't think that's ever going to stop. We brought Django out camping for his first trip over the summer. Um, he did pretty well giving it was his first time. Um, but obviously in the campsite, there's lots of birds and wildlife. So 
he uh, he wanted to run after them the whole time, but he did really well in the tent. Um, didn't have to go to the, to the bathroom overnight or anything like that. So I, I think we're going to keep doing it. And, and as he gets older, he's going to be better and better at, at staying at campsites and all that. So I do know one other passion that you have that uh, we hear you talk about here and there is uh, you like automobiles. I do. I do like automobiles. Um, that, again, came through when I was younger. Uh, just I think my dad just kind of brought that into uh, my life. He he had muscle cars growing up. So I've always had a, a thing for big, snarly V8 engines and American-made muscle cars. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of... That that was brought on pretty early in my life, and uh, as soon as I got my license, or as soon as I was old enough to get my license, I did. I think I was 16 years old. My dad started training me, or started teaching me how to drive when I was 14 or something. And uh, yeah, I, I never looked back. I bought my first car when I was pretty young. Uh, I got into a car accident, so I had to buy my own car. I uh, rode off my dad's truck. Uh, I wasn't at fault. But, uh, yeah, I had my own Ford Ranger, which was fun, but uh, totaled that. So I had to buy my own car. And then just over the years, starting getting uh, you know, some nicer cars and finally have an American-made V8 engine under the hood, which is fun. Um, yeah, and I, I just really enjoy, I don't know if it's the engineering part. I, I do like the adrenaline of you know going fast. Uh, I like mountain biking as well, so I kind of, I've always liked going faster and faster, and uh, it doesn't scare me at all to go to drive fast. So I'm hoping one day I'll have my own little little race car type thing, and maybe go uh, to our local racetrack and try to keep getting faster and faster at driving. But so this would be my last question, but it's more because this is employee spotlight. Um, describe to me your role here and your experience here and what you think of Dovaco as a company and potentially where you see yourself in a few years? Um, yeah, I mean, so I, I work in tech support here. I, I don't think I really explained that earlier. Um, so I got hired on to do customer support, helping customers out with their problems, questions. And uh, yeah, it's been really fun. I mean, I've learned a lot since working here, especially with the type of software environment so that the SaaS world as it's called um learning what goes behind the scenes with all this software and all this tech stuff you know for a lot of people it's just a website that they log into um, but there's a lot more going on in the back end as you know as well doing support for a long time as well um so yeah i learned a lot doing you know all that database management stuff and um then i think the natural progression i i kind of got interested in the whole experience that customers were going through from um from the point that they would go to our website and you know go through their day-to-day -day operations what did their day look like um how can we make it better but um so that's something that's that's still of interest to me i, I like knowing that we can um, help our customers out where they need it the most. So, um, yeah, I think it just comes down to asking 
questions and trying to ask the right questions, which isn't always easy. Um, you know, you can ask 10 questions, but if they're not the right questions, you're not going to get anywhere, really. You're just going to be spinning around in circles. So, um, yeah, I think I'm just a curious person and I like to try to dig through some of these issues and try to figure out why they're happening and uh, find ways to to make that better for our customers. So I think that's just what I'm going to keep doing and hopefully do it well and um, do it for a long time. Awesome. Well, I know you do a great job at it and I appreciate you sitting down and sharing a little bit of your life and a little bit of what you do. And uh, again, uh, this is JD and Employee Spotlight here at Dovaco Podcast. Thank you for joining me, JD. Thanks, Carl. You have just listened to Dovaco Podcast. Subscribe today on iTunes or Google Play and catch our next episode.